Ali Dude, Jimmy Chukma. What's up with all you cats and kittens and puppy dogs and mittens? Welcome to Real Indigenous, where these indigenous cats get real about all the things that's on our screen and everywhere in between. In this episode, we're going to chat it up with Cat Lock. She's a Cherokee singer-songwriter and producer of music videos. And this team will talk with her about her music, astrology, and how she is proudly a musical geek. So put your ears up for this musical badass and dig it if you can, dig it if you can. What I can't tell you, but you know I'm trying. Can't find words because I'm always writing. So with me are the heir apparent of Barbara Walters, and they are Angela Starts, Noetta Harjo, Sunrise Timicani. You sure you know who you are? <laughs> I don't think I'm the heir apparent to Barbara. <laughs> R.I.P. Barbara, by the way. And tonight, we've got a special guest. Special guest, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Kat Locke, and I am a very special guest. <laughs> Specialist of the specials. Um, so the reason why we got you on tonight is because you got a new EP that just recently dropped called The Retrograde. I keep, this. does sound weird, Retrograde. The Retrograde EP. Yes, that's correct. Cool, cool. And you got a lot of live shows that are lined up. You got a songwriting workshop coming up in OSU Tulsa. And you're also an astrologist who does tarot card readings. Is that correct? That's all true, except I don't currently have any live shows lined up. I'm kind of taking a minute. It's like as of today, it's been a whole thing. (laughs) Just saying. Other than that, all correct. All right, all right. So let's go ahead and get started with that because that sounds like it's a it's a hot take kind of, or whatever the kids say what it is. But it sounds like we got something going on. So you did a lot. You've been playing live within the last few months, and this new EP. When did this EP drop? So the EP came out on January sixth, National okay. Catwalk Day, and nothing else. <laughs> There's right. never been anything else. Um, and that came out, yeah, but those songs are all super old. The theme is retrograde. As you mentioned, I'm an astrologer and retrograde is an astrology term. That means it's what people always make the jokes about, like Mercury's in Gatorade or whatever those clever people say. It just means basically going backwards in reverse and it gets a very negative connotation. People are very like scared of when things go retrograde and I have always hated that fear-mongery way of explaining it um, because retrogrades are a great time to rewatch your favorite TV shows and a great time to get into old albums you used to like and revisit things and work on how you can do them better and you need them in life. So I thought it made sense to gather all these. These are like the first songs I ever wrote into an EP and just call it that because I also thought it'd just be funny because everything kind of goes wrong under retrogrades. That's kind of the thing is it's lots of miscommunications and errors and dropping things and texts not sending and stuff like that. And I named it the retrograde EP and I was correct that it took like almost a year to make because it's just like, I literally had to get surgery in the middle of making it. And so it just kind of, but it just kind of worked. It went with the theme. Like I knew that's what it was from the beginning. It was just kind of going to be a shit show of an EP. So we just leaned into it and stretched it out over like eight months. And now it's done. Yeah. Yeah. So now you have to be writing your, your uh, happy songs and, and like the future is good songs. Uh, <laughs> yep. You ever heard of Grant Morrison? He's a, he's a writer. And he would write this series called The Invisibles. And the main character he made after himself is almost like a voodoo perce- perception of who he is. And he started putting this character through all these problems. And this character got sick. And so then Grant Morrison started getting sick and got, got this really bad virus. And so then he started rewriting the character as having a girlfriend that he always wanted. This new storyline where everything's turning out good. And so then that started happening for him. So maybe that's... That's what's going on with you. All these like interactions of your of your of your art that's seeping into your reality. True, I've thought about that. Writing a song of just like a really good night, you know, just like yeah. this <laughs> night that this happened, but writing it in the past tense and seeing if it just manifests itself. 
And so kind of tell us what your secret origin is and where you come from and how you got to where you are today as this uh, musician, uh, what do you call it, astronomist, astrologist, astrologist? <laughs> call it Next, whatever uh, you what's that call dude's it. name? That, uh, Dyson or Tyson or whatever. <laughs> he would have had a better career if he wasn't an astro- astrologist. <laughs> your secret origins. By secret origin, do you mean exposing that I'm a theater kid? Whatever, however you want to interpret it. <laughs> how you began, how you got to where you are today as a, as a singer songwriter extraordinaire. That is how I began. I began doing musicals when I was like six years old. I think I started doing shows and I just didn't ever stop. Well, I stopped doing musicals at about 19, but I didn't stop doing shows. I'd still do a musical, but hadn't come around. All of the best people start in musical theater. This is true. Did you start, Angela's an uh, actress. Did you, and Angela, did you start in musical theater? Absolutely. Oh, shit. Hello, Dolly, South Pacific, the classics. Classics. I never got to do, those were two shows I always wanted to do, and we never did. What'd you do? Oh, I did a lot. I did favorites for Little Shop of Horrors. I like did. I started musicals because I saw that show and wanted to be Audrey. I was like, I wanted. I'll do whatever it takes to do that. So I did that. And when I was like eighteen, I got to be Audrey. I did You're in Town. I loved that one. Oh, that's a good one. Love You're in Town. I was Hope. Hope Cladwell. I did a lot. I did. I did ones I, of course, I had to do ones that I didn't want to do. Like I did Shrek. I did High School Musical twice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Terrible. I hated <laughs> High School Musical. But I mean, well, it was you Sharpay or who were you in, in High School Musical? Well, actually, both times I did High School Musical are kind of like villain origin stories for me. But I did get to be Sharpay the second time. But the first I time I was Taylor. <laughs> and I was told I, I was going to be Sharpay. I was told I was going to be Sharpay, and then they cast me as Taylor. And my 15-year-old, 14-year-old self just could not handle that. <laughs> but she shouldn't have told me that either. She shouldn't have told a 14-year-old, you're going to get this role. Yeah. She wanted to start you early. Welcome to the performance yeah. line where they lie to you and bullshit you just to keep you there. <laughs> For, it was when they announced that they were doing High School Musical. I was like, seriously? Like, I, we're going to do High School Musical? And she was like, think about it. Like, you're going to be such a good Sharpay. And I was like, you're right. Oh, my God. And I was three years later. <laughs> <laughs> she, just, she didn't tell you when. She just said you will be. <laughs> it's true. She did not lie. You have to wait till senior year, but you will be there. <laughs> oh, my God. And then so when I did have to be Sharpay, that was at like a community theater the first time. And then we did it at my high school. But we were originally doing Legally Blonde, which is my dream show. Like I saw that on Broadway with Laura Bell Bundy and it changed everything. Like I want to do that role so bad. I was born to play it, I feel. And um <laughs> So the drama teacher was like, okay, we'll do it. I got the rights or whatever. We did the auditions. We did the callbacks. I got to read the sides. I got to be Elle for like a half an hour and a callback. And then last second, the principal, I guess, was like, actually, I decided it's too inappropriate. You have to do High School Musical instead. What? Damn the censors. Inappropriate? I don't even, it was either the bend and snap or like literally, I think it was the gay character, like the courtroom thing. Keep in mind, this is Norman, Oklahoma, right? <laughs> right. Mm. Yeah, because they were like, mm-hmm. you can't find someone to, like, play that gay character. Like, I don't even remember. But, yeah, we had to have, like, a meeting, and they just posted the cast list for High School Musical. And it was devastating, but I was a good Sharpay. When did you start, like, so you said you you play guitar, you play piano, you sing. When did you start segueing from, what do you call it, stage musicals to to being a rock, for lack of a better term, rock star. That's the perfect term, I think, um, (laughs) for what I do. Uh, Really, when I had to, I did musicals until they kicked me out when I was, you know, 18, 19. Like the summer after high school, I did my last one, uh, Shrek. 
another one that I was pissed about. And I went to that same woman and I said, ugh. And she said, watch it. You're going to be a really good Fiona. But I did get that role. (laughs) (laughs) I did get Fiona. She didn't pull that one on me twice. She learned her lesson. Uh, (laughs) And I was really, still kind of am mad that that is the last show I ever did. Like I really had a legacy and soiled it dressed as an ogre doing songs about farting <laughs> for my last performance it was really horrific um fun show fun music but then I didn't I didn't do the whole college thing just didn't seem for me it seemed a bit expensive and I only, aud- only auditioned for a couple places in theater and it just that really seemed expensive to do for like music theater degree whatever the heck that is uh so I just was floating I didn't really have anything to do and I started playing guitar because I was hanging out with a bunch of you know when you're 18 19 and you just start hanging out with a bunch of losers and they a lot of them play guitar so one day one of them teaches you a few chords and lets you borrow theirs and you go home and teach yourself how to play all the Sarah Bareilles songs you can think of and uh <laughs> that's truly how I learned like he taught me hey y'all which was like four chords and I learned it and like enough so that I figured out how to like on a guitar tab and that's what I was like oh so that's that like got it that's all I need to know I'm just gonna learn the songs that I want to sing and then I'd been writing songs when I was little, like little bitty. Again, I didn't remember because I don't remember anything. That was, I guess, my thing when I was little. You'd look at me and be like, Catherine, write a song. And I'd be like, oh, this is what I'm doing. And just like go into something. And there were a few times in high school where I'd maybe have a little bit of idea, an idea and maybe kind of take it on piano. But I couldn't really play. I couldn't really do it. So that's why I say I didn't really write it with like an actual guitar under it until I was about 19. I was just really sad about the first boy that I really liked that really didn't like me back and started writing songs about him and saw like a local band play, like made a friend, a friend that that boy had introduced me to had a band. And I went and was like, wait, you can do that? Like I could, they had like a girl lead singer too. And I was just like, I the same thing I did with theater. I didn't want to do it. And I was like six and I didn't know what it was, but I didn't want to do it. And uh, then my dad took me and we were watching the other kids audition. And I was like, can I go up there? Like, I can do that. Let me show you guys how to do it. So it was kind of the same thing there. I just saw Van was like, oh, I can, I can do that and start. And then it just happened. I met people and wrote enough songs and started a little band. What band was that? First band was called Saint Basic. So most of these songs, I guess all of them except the very last one, we all played with Saint Basic with my first band. My first little burst of songs, yeah, little cluster. It makes sense to like learn how to use an instrument from somebody else and it makes sense to see see like how performance can happen in front of you, but writing comes from somewhere else. Right. Like what you're writing about, I guess, like the style you have a lot of songs that are very like personal. So it seems like it's coming from somewhere in your life, probably. Right. How did you writing start? Yeah. And that's kind of another thing. Like I didn't realize that I was kind of always doing it. Like I found old journals and some of like poems (laughs) and stuff. Or I would find like songs that I'd written and I didn't remember at all, but I didn't have one instrument. I know I wasn't playing anything, so I don't remember, but I can even see little lines that I was writing that in my mind, I can see I was thinking like sheet music. I was writing like an underline to write, to like carry the note out and stuff. So I guess I was kind of always doing it is how I can remember being like 15 and having one idea and sending it to a friend and her being like, this is really good. And then it just never did anything from there. So yeah, you're right. It is something and different. You can learn how to play guitar. You can learn how to whatever. But I think I was just always writing and I just was filling the performing vessel out Mm -hmm. a different way. And I, I was always writing in a journal. I was writing tv scripts i was writing little movies i was just writing shit but not for anybody because the performance side of me was on stage so i didn't really have to like share any of the 
just offshoot writing. I used to write recaps for TV shows and like comedy, just whatever funny stuff I could get a recap like RuPaul's Drag Race and stuff. That was like the dream gig. But yeah, it definitely was. I mean, as horrible and as untrue as I wish it was, that boy that I really liked. I mean, he just happened to be the boy who was I liked at the time of me learning how to play chords. It would have been whoever. But yeah, a boy that I liked that was like moving away. No, <laughs> such teen angst. <laughs> yeah, so, and I was, like, Unrequited. living on my own for the first time. He chose someone else. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, like, it was him, but it was just, like, who, it would have been whoever it was. It did happen to be him, but. Well, that's the basis but of. But that's, thank you, next. Thank you for teaching me how to write songs. Next. Right, right. that's the basic, basis of most songs you know it's about heartbreak it's about either love or heartbreak i mean if you want to listen to the top songs out there totally and so you know you got to saint basic and then did you have another band after that i tried a little bit i had like a couple little projects with people but it would always fall through like the other person would fall through or whatever but i mean i don't that sounds so like shitty like the world is against me but that just has been the case nobody cares about it as much as you care about it so when i'm like let's start a new band and here are all the songs and i care so much about it like the person's always gonna disappoint you so uh yeah there were a couple little things like that not like huge major disappointments but just little i didn't ever want to be just solo i always wanted it to be like a band so i tried really hard but again it's just when you're like fighting something you just got to stop and be like, why is this not working? Yeah. And that's like the story of most people who put a band together. Because as an independent artist, everyone's always trying to go find another gig. Or like you said, David did. It's like, I got to work and I can't really make all these gigs. <laughs> you know, yeah. we have other lives. Life. And so is that why you decided to go solo? Yeah, it really, when I quote went solo, my other band was still existing. It was just other shit had happened people had joined other things life whatever and we weren't ever able to practice enough and it was like I was just kind of sitting complaining to a friend like I've been writing all these new songs and I really like them but we just can never even get together to practice them but I really want to take them and he said you should just make a little solo album you know just these songs that you want to get out I'll produce it blah 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 and so started doing it just as like a thing on the side and then the band imploded and I was like, well, I already kind of have. I'd done like one show as just Catlock, which had a couple of the same players too, but it was just a way to get these songs out because I was just so bored. And all the songs that I was bored of are the songs that I just released last week. <laughs> That's how long I've been bored of these songs. But uh, I was bored of them then in like 2017, uh, 2018, <laughs> maybe. Uh, so I started doing this and yeah it so it really I didn't want to do it but it is what had to happen I think because yeah just unless it's their name on it people aren't going to care as much as you and in Saint Basic I was writing most of the songs not all of them I wouldn't say that but like the songs that were the band and our whole thing was pink because I had pink hair like I was running the social media I was booking the shows and all that and not to say that they were late, like nothing like that. It's just like, because that's how I am. So that's how I'm going to be in a project. So it just makes more sense to just have my name on it. Right, right. And, and, and it gets to that point sometimes. And so it became easier to not have to wait for responses and stuff like that. I mean, I still spend a lot of fucking time waiting on responses, but a lot less. Getting the collective to have the same momentum really difficult especially if somebody outpaces the others it feels like they're lagging even though they're not it's just like the totally. the natural ebbs and flows of different uh rhythms yeah yeah and a bunch That's of people stronger. who are like 21 22 years old like mess mm -hmm. everybody's gonna have a first <laughs> band at some, point, <laughs> at some point you're gonna have to do reverse bob dylan where bob dylan went from a solo with acoustic guitar and started played electric guitar and had the band behind them. So you'll have to do the reverse where you get had no band. You just go out there with your acoustic guitar and sing and play. 
well, I'm gonna have to talk to my physical therapist about that. <laughs> oh yeah, I, after this, yeah, after you get cleared from the surgery and all that, of course. Might be a minute. I still, I know that's the thing. I need those guys right now. <laughs> so with this album being retrograde, and you're kind of like right now reflecting, is there anything that's changed? Your relationship to some of the material, um, to music. What what have you discovered about? reflecting and going back i mean i am very sick of these songs obviously but i say that and i also i wouldn't have chosen to release them and do all of this if i didn't think that they were good songs if i didn't know that they were good songs that's why because every show i do people are like play i like you but i'm like oh my god <laughs> i wrote that when i was like 19 years old um but people but love it song. It's a good song. And I think that those songs are, in some ways, I think they're so simple. I mean, because like, I like you, but for example, I remember writing that song and I think I literally knew four chords at the time. So that song, that entire song is three chords. It's yeah. just what I knew. It's like, I think these ones go together too. So like that works well enough. And they're all kind of like that. They're all, I don't think any of them have more than four chords because it's just what I had on me at the time um <laughs> and now i think that that would be boring or basic or whatever same basic but uh in some ways i'm like oh my songwriting has gotten so much better but in some ways i'll never be able to write that well again like some of those lyrics i think specifically in the song reluctant i really love those lyrics still and they're just raw in a different way that I know I'm like I can't write like that anymore because you can't write your first song again you can't do that for the first time and it was fun getting to work with and kind of because it took so long to do we worked with different producers and different engineers and different musicians but that was kind of the fun of it was getting different people's hands on it like I wanted anyone who came in was kind of looking at me for direction I'm like I want you to do whatever you want to do like that's the point of this whole thing is taking something that we had and revisiting it and bringing out the best in it. And in, it was great, but in a lot of cases with these songs, there ended up not being that much room for too much creativity. Cause, and it's hard to put, but David put it well, was like, sometimes the thing is just the right thing. Like, so in a lot of cases, like we'd try and what if we did something different and it always just kind of, didn't work like it just was the thing they were so simple in a way that it just worked nothing else really worked we there was not a lot of room there was a little bit but not much I cringe at a bunch of them but I think I also wrote some of them and I still do this like knowing like with a wink the whole track never felt better um is basically like kind of parodying the idea of fixing yourself so that your ex will take you back like getting I'm getting better and I'm going to therapy and I'm doing the work on myself for myself so that this person will take me back and it's not really for you and that doesn't work and I was in a place of wanting to do that but I knew that that's not how it works so that whole song is like I've never felt better with myself I've done everything right mm -hmm. I did all the right things and knowing that because I did, I was like in a breakup and I was like, I'm not going to go back. I'm not going to whatever. I'm going to be no contact. I made every right move. I did the things. Okay. So why didn't he come back? I did all the stuff. He said that he thought I was clingy. So I went and figured out why I was clingy and figured out how I cannot be, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I worked on that. I fixed it. What do you mean? So I remember writing that song uh, was, I think, maybe one of the only times that I've, not the only time, I'm sure, but one of the only times that I can remember really, like, that song coming out of a crying session. Like, I was mm -hmm. crying and having oh. the emotion, and then it turned into, like, picking up a guitar, and I kind of forgot about it. Um, but I was at my mom's house. I think I was there, like, picking something up and uh, picked up an old guitar, and her... My friend Jonathan, who's living with my mom at the time, walked in and I was like, and heard me singing or whatever. I was like, oh, what's up? You're writing a song or whatever. And I was like, I am. Oh my gosh, you want to hear it? And he looked at me and was like, oh my God, are you okay? And I was like, what? And I had like mascara like all over my face because <laughs> I'd forgotten that I was crying. <laughs> 
<laughs> but at that point, I was just like, the song it was all- like all. It was all like, I was like, check this out. And I was like, oh my God, I forgot. I was like crying when I started this. <laughs> Damn, that's crazy. <laughs> but so if you listen to that, you can really, it's fun to know that that's the place that it came out of, like a literal crying session. But like I said, I knew it at the time. I knew at the time that it didn't work, but you're still, I was still more in a place of wanting it to and whatever so when I perform that song now it's very different than I would then I think it's really fun to really lean into that stuff like the last time I did it was probably the most fun because I basically was just like throwing a temper tantrum halfway through just like because it's kind of slow the way we do it just like where are you like I thought just like pouting throwing a fit uh I really like to, I kind of feel like my music is just a parody of myself at some point. Like it's just turning yourself into a cartoon character and especially with like old songs that you can really, I can really roll my eyes at and now be like, that dude was a loser and he was 25 years old and you were 20 and it's gross. (laughs) Now. (laughs) Yeah. So, so songwriting and singing as therapy. Like I said, that's some of the best music comes from that heartache and heartbreak. And so you kind of were going in the right direction with that. And and then you talked about how you were writing, like you were doing like scripts for your, were you writing for yourself, these journals that had scripts of plays and or, or films and TV? Mostly TV shows. Yeah. And just, that's so weird. Cause I would never think to do that now like for no reason, but I would just do it for no reason. Just like in high school, I'd just get an idea, like that'd be a funny TV episode and I'd write it down. Yeah. But I never would do that today, but I used to do that. That's what a lot, of, a lot of us did in high school, just write down crazy shit. And so, but you started working in music videos and you had video, videos of your songs. Mm-hmm. And what is that, mm-hmm. how did that happen? Where like, you know, you started out with someone else making your music videos and they were good but then you wanted something different in your next phase and so you came in to kind of take over you know doing this thing that we talked about how you know you just had to take over it in leadership because you needed to be how you wanted it so kind of talk about you know how that happened you know how you got to be a producer script writer and director of your own music videos well i love putting it that way um how I became a producer that's exactly how I see it as well I mean I've always been making videos you know totally you guys don't know but my sister is um has always been into filmmaking and all growing up she always I was like a little doll I think this recently came up that someone's like you I don't know I said something of being like introverted and they were like how but you know how to like perform and pose and all that stuff and I was like because I was little and my sister was like you're a doll and would just dress me up and be like make this music video I was just like imitating Britney Spears music videos from like I just learned how to do it and pose and all that stuff so yeah I would make little videos and stuff growing up too just copying her you know just like getting my friends to do exactly what she'd have her friends come over and do And I always loved music videos. Like it was just a big part of growing up was watching music videos. And I always felt like I had a million ideas. You always have a million ideas until you're sitting there and you're like, okay, so I have songs out. What's a video idea? It's like, I don't know. So I did, biggest mistake I did, uh, that was my idea. And my friend Lily, it was partially her idea too, I think, um, but we did that together. Uh, the hard to find video, this guy Daniel reached out and yeah, they were good, but it just wasn't as thought out and stuff as I wanted it to be. Both of them just kind of didn't have like an ending to the beginning, middle end. I don't know. It was just kind of missing a few things. And I think, I think actually what started it was you came totally came up with the idea for art and I was obsessed with it, which we never did. Um, but it was really, really cool. That was the first time having just sending someone like, I think I just said here are like the five songs that I had out at the time. And you picked that one and came up with a concept. And it was so cool also that I'm like, 
you know that what that song was about like the concept it made sense I'm like obsessed with that I still want to do more of that more just like people directors that just like I love to do stuff like that too but forever boy is obviously where it all began and that was it's I recently told this story on a podcast so I don't want to tell it again because if someone listened to me on a podcast a week ago that one person (laughs) might listen again so they'd be annoyed and it's probably my friend Maggie and she's like I've heard this 15 times but um you just got to start with the song I was trying to come up with an idea for a music video and just come start there and it was not working and then I just forever was the first song on the album and I just was like I'm just gonna look at all the lyrics for all the songs on the album and just start there and literally the first like I was like I'm equally scared of you as I'm prepared to love you I was like oh it's a scary movie rom-com done one line in figured right. it I'd spent like hours like watching music videos and trying to like figure out what do I want to do you just gotta start with the song I just love that. That's where I like thrive, man. I love having like a project like that. I was so excited about that. I was so excited about costuming it. I got a little camera with like a lookbook of Polaroids of all my outfits, like little scripts. I love doing that, but I also love being in control of everything. And I also love giving it to someone else and having no control. And I think that that was a good balance of that because then I could be like, here's the idea, the concept, blah, blah, blah. And then you had a script and it had like some specifics and we tweaked it. We messed with it. Alex and I came up with a few ideas and then you up was kind of the same thing. I just wanted to keep with the scary scary music video idea because that's me uh that's my brand and I wanted to go with the I knew the retrograde EP would be happening so like I was like what's like 90s 2000s and like scary and campy scream so that was probably as quick as that idea came I was like campy 2000s scary scream I'm surprised that's never come up before either but what hasn't oh just like the multiple screen faces you know like oh, yeah. for the band just like the that imagery i feel like it's so like easily accessible based on something like you're describing and, and i feel like i've never seen that before and just the fact that that comes up is so memorable looks so scary man i remember yeah. that part on the stairs and every time i turned around it was like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> it was terrifying <laughs> I love it. But no, that's, yeah, that's just where I'm at. And I think in doing that, I realized uh, it's so stupid when we get older and we realize things and it's just like, duh. But obviously I used to do musicals and that was like the hole in my heart and then stopped doing that and started performing. And it took me a while to figure out that I missed dancing. And then, yeah, like recently I was thinking about these music videos. I'm like, oh, I miss acting. That's why I want to do all these music videos and I want to, do all that is because then when I, I think I kind of figured that out when we were filming the last one. So I was like, oh, I don't really get a chance to do that. And I didn't think of myself when I was doing theater. I was like, I wasn't a bad actor or anything, but it was like, you know, there are actors who can sing and then there are singers who can act or whatever. And I think I was always a singer who could dance, who could act. So it was just like, well, I kept up with the singing and that was the thing that really counted but I think I missed the acting too I just love taking the song and expressing it in a different way and I love running around dancing around poking people with sticks and dancing and celebrating like that is me at my happiest and what's interesting about how you did produce these music videos since I was on set when you were doing that it was a very like uh, everyone involved kind of production you know, it's never like you're the auteur of this story. It was like, all right, like you said, you know, it evolved even, if, you know, like with the script, it evolved when you were talking with Alex uh, Sanchez. And then it evolved with as we were on the set and working with people. And then your, your sister, uh, who you're talking about, Kendall, came in and was in the wedding scene for Forever Boy. And she came in and told us, hey, get this shot here, get that shot here. And, and so, you know, she was also like, she was our guest director. <laughs> yes. And so that's something that was interesting. And then there were times when I was like coming to you for answers and you were like, oh, let's just get it over with. Go ahead and do whatever. <laughs> and so that was like a great like way in which to collaborate. 
in this because then everyone has you know the energy so that they can get it done yeah that's a really good impression of me (laughs) (laughs) truly like yeah a lot of times when it just comes to me i'm like i don't care (laughs) it i really am in some ways so controlling or whatever i guess but in most ways i'm not like that's where it counts in most ways i'm not i think uh somebody wrote uh evan jarvix wrote an article about me one time where he said uh it was about a little album i did in collaboration with this rapper but he said that uh this album for catlock is fitting like everything is for catlock it's solo but it's also a collaboration like everything is for her and i was like that makes a lot of sense like my show is like if you come to a live show you're not gonna just see me you're gonna see my band and it wouldn't be the same without them and they're amazing and all that and that album was my songs but I collaborated and so that sounds like exactly what you said it's me but it's also everybody that's why it's catlock y'all catlock <laughs> and y'all <laughs> oh that's cool I never even thought it that way it's a catlock y'all production that's what you should <laughs> yes. call now I'm curious about this Alex Sanchez connection. It's just interesting to see him in this like world of music videos. I so used to see him on screen as like an actor in like a Mickey Rigby's film. But uh, I'm curious how that relationship started. And you're talking about him a lot. Like he seems like he contributed a lot. So I'm just curious about that that whole relationship. Yeah. Would you believe it's a funny story? Um, we told this at a live show a couple months ago, but. Um, I met Alex on Twitter when I was 15 years old. I had no idea that he lived in Oklahoma. Um, I just was really popular in high school, and all of my friends were on Twitter. And uh, all I did was sit on Twitter all day, specifically like television Twitter, but specifically hashtag six seasons in a movie. Twitter. We were the activists trying to stop community from getting canceled. And that was all of our collective personalities for about three years. It was insufferable. I mean, I remember being at high school musical practice and like I was Sharpay too. Like I should have been cool, but I was just sitting on my phone, like laughing at like what this 25 year old in Indiana said to me on Twitter. Very cool. It's really crazy I didn't get like kidnapped um but they were all super cool including Alex <laughs> um <laughs> but <laughs> it wasn't until years later probably what 2018 I was bartending at the root which does not exist anymore in Oklahoma City but if you know if you were there you were there love the root um I was I had a short-lived bartending career there um and they had open mic nights there and Alex would do the open mic nights and um it was also a very not popular bar like certainly when I was there it was mostly just like me I would be in there for just hours like by myself um but I made some great friends there that I'm still friends with now and Alex was like on stage I don't remember exactly the bit but it was a bit about the name Kate or Katie or it was Kate And he said something like, are there any Kates in here? And someone started to point at me. And then he said, no, you're Kat. And I said, how do you know who I am? And he was like, I follow (laughs) you on Twitter. And I still, I'm like a fan, of course. I was like, what? No way. Uh, Like, what's your, and he was like, I'm at Sirius Sanchez. And I was like, what? I fully just like assumed he lived in like Ohio for no reason. Like it was never discussed, but just everyone seemed to live somewhere like Ohio. So I just (laughs) assumed that he did. And he's like, yeah, I didn't know either until you started like posting your shows. And I was like, I think my girl lives here. And then uh, we hit it off that night. I believe I read his birth chart and we've just been kind of a weird friendship duo ever since he's invited me. I downloaded discord for Alex, Alex Sanchez, if that says anything, um, to be in like his discord or whatever. And it's kind of one of those friendships that, yeah, he'll pull me in for like, to I'll be like, do you want to come to a show and do this weird music video thing with me and pull him in? And he's like, yeah. And then sometimes he's like, I'm going to do this comedy show. Do you want to be the guest and do a thing with me? 
So yeah, he's just my little, it's so funny that we are like the funny OKC duo, but it was a Twitter thing. And that was, that was over, that was like 12 years ago. Wow. That's like crazy. And we did, it felt very full circle. Uh, he did a, he did a comedy show at Plaza Fest and he, for some reason, asked me to like co-host it, a uh, part of it with him. And uh, it was the day that they announced the community movie. <laughs> it was like okay. that night that we were up there with microphones and it felt really full circle that like, that's how we met. And then we got up there with microphones and made fun of why we think it's going to be bad. <laughs> awesome. so, so Alex Sanchez is like a local uh, Oklahoma city area comedian. OKC's funniest man. Yeah. He's hilarious. I love this dude. He's like the coolest cat I ever I've met in the longest time. And I, and I love him and forever boy. And so it's good. That so guys... perfect for that. It was so perfect. I had that idea. It, he's one of those people too. I had the idea for the video and was like, who can be the boy? And I immediately thought of him. And not two days later, I ran into him and it was just like, yes. And he's yes. So perfect. So, yeah. So, so we need to get you to in like a, 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 a twisted rom-com of some kind. I think so. I think so. We need to hit up. We'll be on like the Met Gala together. <laughs> Some crazy outfits. <laughs> yeah. You're now you're about to do this workshop on singer songwriting. Can you tell us about that and what's going on with that? It's my first workshop. I'm really excited to get into it because I think that uh, this might not make it sound I don't know, but in a way, I think that songwriting is unteachable in a lot of ways. And so kind of because of that, it's so personal and it's so different for everybody. And if you're coming to a songwriting workshop, you probably already have the thing a little bit. If you're attending a workshop, you've either written a song or you've tried, you know, so I'm really, I'm really excited to get in there and talk to other people and, uh, teach as much as I can of what I do. And I have little tips and tricks that have gotten me out of stuck places. But I think that just being in a room with other people and talking about it and having a space to do that is fabulous. And it's three days <laughs> over three weeks. Um, so it'll be once a week. So I think that that's really exciting to have like little projects to go back in a week and then come back and I'm really excited to get into it and that'll it starts right at the end of February. It's like the last two Tuesdays of February and then the first February 21st is when it starts. February 21st, 28th and then March 7th at 7 p.m. at OSU Tulsa. At OSU Tulsa. So don't go to Stillwater. Correct. <laughs> don't get lost in Stillwater. <laughs> but that, that is something to say about like uh, teaching art overall. I mean, Sunrise could probably even talk about that because he teaches filmmaking, filmmaking classes and things like that. I think it's about like, we almost teach ways in which we can do our creative processes. I mean, what right. do you think, Sunrise? I mean, that's a good question. I, I try to always just give them a sense of some like, I don't know, technical places you can start. This is what film history has said to do with the camera, what to do with editing. Now you figure something out based on these parameters and, you know, it's fine to break rules or to go beyond as long as it's motivated by something that they decide, you know, so it's like motivated by their agency. What do they feel like they want to do? I feel like if they don't see it as like, you need to tell this kind of story or you need to have these kinds of emotions and more like this is what is possible, then somebody's going to figure something out to do, you know. And uh, the people with the voices and the people with the messages will find a way and they'll funnel it in, into this form. Because I don't think you can really teach art. What is art to everybody is kind of different also. But you got to be able to do something with the art, you know. So if you can, like, guide them into you know, force them to think about what they need to say or what they want to see or hear, they'll hopefully figure it out, maybe. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, just like you said, like, make them at least think about it. If they don't like this trick that I use, that's fine. But try it, and it'll probably give you a different idea. 
and let me know what that is and let's talk it through and I think it'll <laughs> right. be fun. Right. <laughs> Angela like uh, was, is working on the script right now and that's kind of like uh, talking with her about that process of writing the script because there's so many different ways you could do it. You know, there's so many different quote unquote methods. And so, you know, I mean, what has been your thoughts or experiences on that, Angela? You know, I, I grew up, or I should, I should say I was trained in journalism school. So that kind of writing is very constricted. But before that, I did the same thing. I wrote all these stories and fantasies and, you know, all these adventure stories. And then once I got through J school, it just really broke, broke my writing. And so it's a process of reconnecting and expanding how I write. Technically, I'm a classically trained dancer. So, you know, having grown up learning ballet and, again, very structured ways of addressing art, and then to suddenly have somebody say, hey, you can do this however you want. It's a, a weird net to try to fight your way out of. Right. And, and Noetta, it's also like, changing. Yeah, right. and you're you're constantly changing, you know, what your parameters are or what you're allowing yourself to do when you're making these these creative choices just because it's been so regimented through ballet, through journalism that it's just you forget about the, just the sheer joy that comes from making art. Yeah. And Noetta, um, I kind of don't know like your background of, of like creativity because I just I, I mostly just know you as the 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 journalist and you also do some beadwork kind of stuff. And what is your perception? But even like like you said, within journalism, that is a creative. You can be a creative artist within journalism and write. I mean, if you look at like the uh, old school style of criticism and how they use language to and sometimes creativity to to write these journals. What is your thought? Well, like Angela, I started in journalism school, so my creative writing wasn't really, it, I didn't really, it came out of that, that process of, of doing, you know, because there's like a pyramid you follow. So I kind of flipped the pyramid to kind of do my creative writing process. And I have some stuff, I just don't put it anywhere because, you know, that, that whole um, fear of being judged is still there in me. But... What I did do is I, I uh, started recapping television shows for the site that I write for, and I can get a little creative with that. And so that's kind of getting me out of this whole fear thing. And, and, and fear is kind of a big, big, I guess, with artists because you just, you want to be liked, you want to be accepted. So um, I'm still kind of working through that with my own writing um, when I have time. <laughs> so, uh, but one of the things that I did do also, I think that kind of expressed my creativity a little bit in journalism was I got to be on the radio. I was on a KISS FM for about almost a year. And so they didn't tell you anything. They just said, here's the soundboard, go for it. You know, so that was a learning process. <laughs> that was a major learning process. And then they don't really tell you what to do. They just give you things that you need to mention whenever you have your break. So it's like, okay, so you got to get creative with that too. So that was a good way for me to kind of burst out of that that fear, that little shell of fear that I had just to, just to get a little creative in my show. And by the time I was, by the time I left to go back to full-time school, I think my banter was just a lot better. I wasn't so afraid and I was like, okay, but then I went into academic writing and that kind of went back to that structure. You know, this, this is how you have to write and <laughs> yeah. this is how you have to sound. And so now I'm kind of breaking out of that again. What are you, you recapping for? Um, my, my recaps, um, I do a lot. <laughs> uh, all the Walking Deads, the Lord of the Rings, Wheel of Time, okay. The Flash, you know, very fantasy superheroes. Those are good gets. Yeah, yeah. They've been a lot of fun. That's awesome. I love a recap. <laughs> I was in that world. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Reservation Dogs. Yeah, I almost forgot Reservation Dogs. Awesome. I think that's been my hey, favorite. Recap you can find her on Geek Girl Authority, so... Noetta, do you have any of those uh, radio programs recorded? Or I do. I, I did um, a couple of uh, commercials, one for a tattoo parlor that I really liked. And so I, I have a soundbite CD. I have to find it. I think it's in a closet somewhere. But, yeah, I have I have, I have some recordings. Oh, shit. We might break them out play them <laughs> on the show. I know. I want to hear them now. Yeah. Oh, gosh, that was 15 years ago. Oh, my gosh. It was a long time and, 
And so that's a good thing because what I'm hearing is like structure is like kind of like the basis of our of our work as creative natives and like even like because I think it helps especially if you're on a deadline and that's what journalism helps for sure and and so you know you do like songwritings and a b a b format or verse chorus verse bridge verse chorus verse outro going out whatever that's called and so it's it's it is a process of just having to figure out what how to how to make it work and 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 even though you know it, there's various ways in which we can do it and music is what 12 notes but think about all the multiple songs that you can create out of those 12 notes within within that structure yeah i kind of got to learn the rules to break them because it's not like every song you ever write is going to be verse chorus verse chorus bridge chorus outro not every song is like that but it helps to learn that that's how most of them are and maybe write them like that and then yeah it's just kind of i think a lot of songwriting is just or writing i shouldn't even say songwriting just like you do something so you can change it instead of just doing nothing and i mean that was hard for me too of course and i'm not much of one i just was having this conversation with david because he was talking about he's like a prolific songwriter just like writing music all the time and Stephen and I was like I'm not like that I write a song when I get a song idea like it's very there have been times that I've been like I want to write a song and I sit down and do it I mean I don't think those ones are ever that good but uh for the most part I'm writing a song because I something happened to me in my life and I thought about it in a way that was a clever word or I just wanted to express and I had an idea it usually starts with a lyric and a melody and I start from there but uh like it doesn't work for everybody that way and sometimes what you got to do too is maybe I have the idea but I have no melody I have nothing else so just do something and if it's bad just use the same four chords as whatever the hell you always use and then go from there and I it'll be cool to help people give them little tips to just a get started tip right something bad that'll probably be my first lesson your first project is to write something bad I dare you they probably no one will do it it'll be great they'll be like <laughs> I tried I couldn't do it I wrote this I like it I'm like awesome <laughs> Bam. Yeah, like it sounds like a great way to start you know write bad because write something bad about- <laughs> think about it like language like when we we're a kid a baby we're google gaga google gaga we're slowly developing our languages and we're using our sentence structures incorrectly even i do still now but then you know we as we start to learn our grammar and the way we we speak and interact with people we have a way in which we talk it's almost the same thing it's just a practice and then we start creating our own slang and our way of talk and that's breaking the rules and it's kind of like that is how i kind of think about you know the creative structure structure of how we our creative process of getting from A to B, learning the rules and then breaking them. That's it. You got to learn how to uh, do that. And another thing I've learned is you got to learn how to do it like everybody else until you can figure out how to do it differently than everybody else. But first you kind of got to, how does everybody else do it so I can do it? And then, okay, how can I do this actually and stand out from everybody else? Those are wise words. Thank you. All right. So, um, we talked about retrograde, what happened in our past. We talked about some stuff that's going on now. Any other kind of things that you're looking forward to in the future? What's what's the opposite of retrograde anyway? Direct. Direct. All right, what's happening in a direct? <laughs> <laughs> so that's already bad use of language. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't exactly work, but it works like if you're saying, is Mercury retrograde? You'd say, no, it's direct. It would work that way. Um, but I am very excited for the direct future because I've been writing a lot of music that I think, I mean, kind of what I was saying just now, all of this, I think, you know, when you write something or like for me, it's probably like six or seven songs right now that I'm just like, oh, so everything I've written before this is garbage. Should have never been released to the public. It's embarrassing. And like, these are the songs that I was born to write. I have like a level of that, which always happens to me, I feel like, but to a different point, because I started, I did them all on my laptop when I was, I had shoulder surgery last year. And so I only had one good arm, a left arm, and I couldn't play anything. And I decided to learn how to use GarageBand 
while I was doing that. And out of that, I started writing these pop songs that are just, I think, so much better than anything else I've written. So I'm kind of excited to take this beat a bit a minute from live shows whatever the retrograde album's done and focus on these songs and whether it's finding a producer or finding a new band to take them on tour or whatever we're gonna do i'm very very excited about the next era of catlock it'll be catlock pop rock i think it'll be the best one yet and the music videos will be even crazier <laughs> It's going to get better and better. Exactly. <laughs> right, does We're making good. them with a, with a real budget this time. I'm going to get somebody <laughs> on it. All right. Well, like, what do you time. call those funding campaigns? GoFundMe campaign. <laughs> we'll do what we got to do. <laughs> but maybe not a GoFundMe. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I didn't think about was also like the arrangements of your of your music on your albums. Are you the one who's arranging those songs to where you're thickening, like, you know, I think I hear some, like, horns coming in, and you hear, like, oh, uh, yeah. I think oh, that, yeah. that, so you, you said you started off just knowing four chords. Did you do much musical training, or did you do any studying, or how did you get to, to that point? Or was it just I did, like, I mean, in musical theater and stuff, we were always looking at sheet music, so I can't, like, read sheet music, but I kind of can. I can understand it um that's still how like my brain sees music like i said with like the underline after a word is still to me like holding out a note and just like the basic up and downs um and i can kind of slowly finger my way through some sheet music but uh in choir we had to learn how to like sight sing you know do re ni i hated that stuff hated it so much but um yeah i learned the chords on the guitar taught myself those I taught them I just taught myself once I knew enough how to figure mm -hmm. it out I taught myself and yeah if you hear a horn or whatever mm -hmm. it's like it was either all me or all like I said I had a horn player or whatever and sometimes I would literally sing the part sometimes I would write the part mm -hmm. oftentimes but then sometimes they would do something else and it would end up being even cooler um so not every time is it me, but oftentimes. And if there was a horn, it was my choice for it to be playing and for it to be playing right there in this song, in this second. And oftentimes I would write the part. And usually when I do that, uh, if I did like literally write the part, I'd film at my piano, like me sitting and just playing mm -hmm. it. So you could see the keys or just my old guitar player, uh, not David, the one I had before him, he was one of those dudes that was really, just during a song, I could look over in solo and be like, and he could just, so it's a lot <laughs> of that. So a lot of those solo lines are me too, or like a synth line I might be playing or have written. It's mostly me, but it also could not be. Right, right. Not. There's like a moment where they're like, there's a transition, right, between you doing a, a trumpet or something and then the actual horn comes in is that yeah, right that one was yeah. me that's one that yeah. i i wrote that song and i wrote that horn line that was actually a long that was one of the songs that when i was like oh my band can never get together and i'm writing all these new songs so that one's pretty old but i yeah i wrote it with <laughs> that was always gonna and that actually ended up being like a fight like i wrote that part and then they had the trumpet part and they insisted on recording it without me there and i was like why mm. and so of course they just recorded a different part i don't think he even ever it's not the trumpet player's fault i think he never sent him the part that i wrote and so we had to like redo it and i actually think that some of that is like a fake trumpet mm -hmm. <laughs> that we like synced Sample. it because I was like, are you kidding? Like, it was one of the last things we did. And I was like, I wrote this, like, five years ago. And it's ba-ba, ba-ba. Like, it just has to be that. And it was something crazy, too. He did something that sounded like, hear ye, hear ye. Like, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. And I was like, what? Out of nowhere. So we had to, again, not his fault. I don't think he knew what to play. I don't think he was sent the video. Um that I made for him, but we had to redo that. But yeah, that exact trumpet, that was all me. That was all me, even the mouth trumpet. <laughs> <laughs>
song. I used to do that live when we did that song always. Like for years, I always just. <laughs> so that part had to be that part. I've been doing it like that for years. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the one part that I was like, but this part has to be this. Like you can fuck around and find out whatever, but this has to be that part. And it was the one that we didn't even get a take like that. Mm. It's always how it goes. I do like the arrangements of those music, the music, and I love to hear the you know what's playing in the background. It's very thick, and and I bet there's like a lot of layers of tracks that you have on your audio recording. And I think I'm just like, oh shit, that sounds really cool. And you you play, and you also have like really complicated like not chords structure. That's what do you want to call it? Like if you're a guitar player, it's like oh my god, seriously, this is E flat. B flat, A, A flat. <laughs> what do you play over that? <laughs> yeah, my songs are easy hard. I've yeah. been told, like, for guitarists, it's like, they're really, e like, you think that they're going to be easy. But it's not that they're hard, but it's very, um, like, it's really easy to play a note wrong. And if you play yeah. it wrong, it's wrong and it's gonna show but that's what i've been told is like being a lead guitarist in the band like it's okay it's not difficult but like you can't fuck up because the notes are all you i play around with like major minors and enough that it's you can't really fuck up <laughs> it'll sound really weird when do you think your next shows will happen I think, I don't think it'll be that long. I have applied to Norman Music Festival, which will be in April. So uh, obviously by April, I'll be doing something. I think probably late February or March. But again, it's retrograde and I'm not thinking about <laughs> it until until then. In two weeks, I might have an answer for you. Just <laughs> keep up with me online. Right now, I'm not thinking about it today. <laughs> but it won't be long. April would be the la absolute latest. I'm curious if you do readings still. Like, That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Yeah. I that do. I did a reading yeah. this morning. I sure do. I might still have my cards up here. No, I don't. Uh, yeah, I do them I have a little website, yallstrology.com. You can go book with me if you want or just message me. We can figure something. I think I have some notes here. Yeah, these are the notes from the reading I did this morning. That happened in 2020 kind of randomly. I've always done it, but just for myself, for friends. And kind of, it's like a thing that every few years I'd be like, I wonder if I'm like, I should test it on a few friends and see if I'm like good enough to do it. And every time I've done it, it's always been people are like, yeah, that was really good. But I never did it. I did one for a friend of mine who has a podcast and I had no idea that he was going to do this. But then he went on his podcast and it was a he has a real housewives recap podcast which is hilarious called everything iconic with danny pellegrino he's hysterical he's the funniest person and yeah just like followed him on instagram he followed me back after a while or whatever and i was like have you ever had your birth chart read i just am like doing some would you want that or whatever and he's like absolutely so i did it i had no idea my phone just starts blowing up one night and it wasn't even like soon after right after it was just there was an episode of real housewives where they had an astrologer and so he was talking about it and he went into, I had my chart read by my friend Kat and she blah, blah, blah. And he fully was like, you can find her at Catlock, y'all. Like you can find her on my following tab on Instagram. Go ask her for a reading, whatever. And I have like 50 inbox requests because it's a popular podcast. And I was like, what the fuck? And uh, <laughs> but I figured it out. It was like, I think that was on like a Friday and it was like a long weekend. And so what I did, I just like made an email account that was like catwalk readings. And I told everybody like, okay, great. Send an email to this and I'll be back with you on Tuesday when I'm back in the office. And I just had the weekend to figure out a little business plan. And uh, it's mostly surviving off of Danny Pellegrino fans, truly, at this point. And they're incredible and they come back. But I get others as well. But I love doing my readings. I do astrology. I can do tarot cards. I can just Jennifer Love Hewitt. I could just be the ghost whisperer for you if you want. I'll wear a see-through dress and talk to a ghost. I'll do whatever. <laughs> With my hair teased up. That's the dream, man. <laughs> 
So what are your uh, social media? Where are you? Where can people I, find you? I am at Catlock Y'all on Instagram, Twitter. I think those are really the only ones these days. And like Facebook, Catlock Music, K-A-T-L-O-C-K, y'all. Well, since, since this is an Indigenous podcast, and as we all know, Indigenous people are all wise, or at least wise asses. Are there any Indigenous words of wisdom like that you'd like to impart on us? <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't know. I would have saved something. Uh, I said something wise earlier, somebody said, whatever that was. That's my Cherokee word of wisdom. From my cheekbones to yours. <laughs> <laughs> and my fake ass blonde hair to yours. <laughs> so uh, you can find us, The Real Indigenous Podcast, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Facebook and Twitter, uh, Real Indigenous, and on Instagram, in Real Indigenous Pod. And like and subscribe on wherever you listen to the podcast. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. We'll catch you soon at some indigenous time on this indigenous channel. But for now, don't just keep it real, keep it real. Keep it real indigenous. Indigenous, yeah. Beautiful. Oh, man, you just clasped the joint up. I know, we should just have her do a solo, honestly. <laughs> Just alone, there was a difference for you.